good morning. Who's with us this morning? Looks like we've got Leah. Good morning, Leah. Welcome to you and all of your friends that are joining us on this morning. Who else is with us on this morning? Amen. Good morning, Evangelist Sharon. Good morning to everyone. And good morning to everyone who is tuning in to Excel Church Live. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you text online to 330-403-8088 so we can stay connected. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. I don't know, but you know, sometimes we can get a little bit of uh, uh, a nostalgia, uh, remembering the days where we were gathering together. And this morning it hit me as I saw all of the snow and as I realized that, you know, we would be out there in that snow fighting for parking spaces, right? Some of us ladies trying to get through the snow in our heels and trying to get into the sanctuary or for those of us who would wear our boots and then pack our shoes. Come on, y'all. It's not been all pleasant. It's been some benefits to us meeting and gathering online. So I'm excited this morning. I miss seeing you in person. So I love to see you in the comments. So I know some of you are watching on television. And so you guys aren't really able to interact with us. But for those of you who are watching on your tablets, watching on your computers, watching on your phones, please make sure you say good morning and welcome to one another so we can continue to have the fellowship that we all so enjoy. So let's get ready for a new sermon series. Did you enjoy the Gather sermon series? I certainly did. And this one, I think you're going to enjoy just as much. Somebody say, let's get crazy happy. <laughs> That's it. Let's get crazy happy. And the, the, the notion of this behind this is God really does want you to be happy. I don't know about you, but sometimes when, when you are thinking about uh, different challenges that you're going through, and even I know as a young adult, uh, prior to me fully dedicating my life to Christ, I used to think that, you know what, if you give your life to Christ, you're going to have these big uh, rule book that you're going to have to follow and you're not going to have any fun and you will not be happy. And that was, of course, a trick of what? The enemy. He did not want me to know the love, the joy, the happiness that I was going to receive as a child of God. And so, of course, the enemy will set things up in our imagination to try to uh, dissuade us from walking with the Lord. But God's plan for us is happiness, but it is found in unexpected, and that's why I'm saying crazy places. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into that, into this series as we get started. So let's just pray. God, help us to find happiness in the unexpected places and be with us as we discover your plan for our life on this morning. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. All right. Let's get into it. We're going to be going into the book of Psalm, the book of Matthew and Galatians. So if you want to start uh, thumbing through your Bibles and grab those scriptures, um, you will be ready for when we get ready to discuss those points. But first, let me give you a couple main points. All right. For my note takers, for those who are texting and communicating in the chat, 
you go ahead and type these out for me. The first point is, yes, God wants you to be happy. He does. He wants you to be happy. The second point is happiness is not found where we normally look for it. Go ahead and put that in there. Happiness is not found where you normally look for it. Number three, Jesus defines happiness as being blessed. That's it. Number three, Jesus defines happiness as being blessed. And number four, the blessed person bears fruit. The blessed person bears fruit. We're going to get into those four points and more right after this. Welcome back. I'm going to share a true story with you. When I was much younger and um, on my path to exploring and learning and growing in God, I remember distinctly thinking, when I graduate from law school, I'm going to be happy. That's what it is. It's just all this stress that I'm under all this exam taking and all of these classes and all of the things that go along with it. That's what the issue is. When I graduate, I'm going to be happy. And for about three seconds, I was. <laughs> As I walked across that stage and grabbed that degree and I was excited, I was happy, but it was fleeting. And then I thought to myself, you know what? It's this bar. When I pass this bar exam, you know, it's just the stress of staying up late at night and working on um, just ungodly hours. It's just this, this, this ongoing pressure that I am facing right now that I've got to pass this bar exam on the first try because certainly I don't want to do it a second time. But oh my goodness, the humiliation if I had to do it over again. So that's what it is. That's what's stressing me out. If I just pass this bar exam, I'm going to be happy. God is so faithful. I passed the bar exam on the first try. But you know what? <laughs> I still was missing something. I found myself thinking, okay, not happy yet. What it is is if, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just that you don't find happiness where you think you're going to find happiness. It's just that we all have had these kind of experiences, right? Where we're trying to place our happiness on the condition that something be fulfilled. Oh, when I get married, I'm going to be happy. It's just, you know, I just got to find the right person. And when I find the right person and I settle down, then I'm going to be truly happy. Any of you said that before? It's just this job, you know, this job is driving me 
crazy. If if I when I when I get that promotion, when I get the, that position that I really have been wanting, then I'm going to be happy. Or it's just the state. You know what? I just want to get out of Cleveland. I just want to get out of whatever state that I'm living in. I'm just, you know, I feel constricted here. If if I when I move, I'm going to be happy. We've all had these kind of thoughts where we're trying to make happiness happen through experiences only to find out later that our attempt at happiness didn't quite measure up. Have anybody been there willing to admit it like myself? You moved to that other city and then you found out that wasn't what was necessary to make you happy. You found that relationship and you found out that even in the midst of that relationship, you still didn't feel that happiness. Or like me, you reached the tip of your career ladder. And when you got there, you realized that that didn't provide happiness. There's so many different ways that we can tie our happiness to an experience and then delay our happiness because we feel that we can't receive happiness until that has been achieved. Well, on top of that, the things that we are often involved in, day in and day out, they don't seem to produce much inner joy either. Just our normal routines, the things that we have to do, these are the things that if we are not reminded, as I thank God for what he's going to do on this morning and throughout our serious series, we can become disillusioned. Our careers, our relationships, our hobbies even, they can feel like a grind especially when life isn't going as smoothly as we'd like it. In the church, sometimes people discourage others for searching for happiness. They, they, they're jaded, right? They've already experienced um, a, a number of disappointments. And so when you express your desire for happiness and you express that you desire to accomplish and achieve certain things, you know, there are people in the church that will try to discourage you and make you think it can't happen. Well, I want to let you know this morning, you absolutely can receive this happiness that you so desire in your heart, but it's not where you think it is because if you look at the word of God, I want you to see that not only am I telling you that happiness is achievable, I want you to see what the Lord says about it as well. God wants you to be happy. And I want to answer that question with Psalm chapter 144. Would you turn there with me? We're going to look at verse 15. Yes. God wants you to be happy. He says, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God 
is the Lord. Did you catch that? Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Point one, somebody say, yes, God wants you to be happy. Yes, he wants you to be happy. No one should want to be unhappy, right? And so at some point along the way, you begin to recognize that, okay, I don't want to be unhappy, but is happiness achievable? It, does God want me to be happy? And the answer is yes. The Bible says the people whose God is the Lord are happy. So that answers your question. This doesn't leave us without, with any doubts about God's heart for our happiness. This doesn't leave any question in our mind about whether God wants us to be happy. So for followers of Jesus, happiness should be an ever-present part of our lives. Happiness should be an ever-present part of our lives. And not only that. The pursuit of happiness is an act of worship. When we are loving God, when we are laying our lives down for Jesus, when the one true God is our Lord, we are happy people. But we must ask the question then, when I pursue happiness, why is it? That so often I end up no happier than when I started. Ask that question. You can answer that in the comments if you want to. Why is it then that so often we end up no, no happier than when we started our pursuit of happiness? So I'm so glad you asked that question. The answer is simple. As I've already alluded to, happiness is not found where you're looking. Happiness is not found where you normally look for it. That's the simple answer to the question. Somebody said, we're looking in all the wrong places. Amen. I think about the culture we live in today. We are constantly barraged, right, by things that are supposed to make us happy. I mean, people make billions of dollars. Their industries completely designed to sell us the illusion of happiness. And when we are apt to think that happiness can be attained by a change in our external circumstances, then that's what we focus on. We focus on the external. We focus on getting a nicer house. We focus on getting more of something. We focus on having more of something. We focus on things that are external because we are deluded to think that that is where happiness can be attained. If we get that race, if we get that new job, if we get into that college, if we get that relationship, if we lose that weight that we've been trying to lose, if, if, if. So we constantly find ourselves on a happiness-seeking hamster wheel, just going round and round and round pursuing this happiness, never quite reaching the desired destination.
And this is nothing new. So don't feel bad. This is nothing new. Humans have been doing this forever. The only difference is now we have infinite opportunities to pursue all that we have been promised to make us happy. But hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus, God spoke to the children of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. God's indictment then of the people in that generation is the exact same thing we are talking about here today. Check this out if you would. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 2. I'm going to look at verse 13. He said, For my people have committed two evils. You got there? Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Mm. I'm going to read that again. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. This is a powerful example of the way we all get so confused about where we can find happiness. Like Jeremiah said, we all have a tendency to try and create our own versions of happiness. That's what he means by us making our own cisterns. We have ideas about what happiness is and how it works and how we try to make it happen. But the problem is our self-made ideas about happiness are broken. They are cisterns that can't hold any water. To make matters worse, in our desire to create our own cisterns, we also forsake God in the process. We're so busy looking for happiness that we neglect God. Because we cannot serve two masters, we devote ourselves to our own creative activities. We devote ourselves to this quest for happiness, this quest for achieving and receiving the things that we believe will make us happy. And in turn, forsake the Lord and all that he has to offer us. The problem with this, of course, is that God is the fountain of living water. The problem with this is Jesus is the only source for satisfaction and quenching. And we will feel empty until we are filled with him. 
That's what I discovered on my journey as I kept looking for this and looking for that. When I finally got to the top of the pinnacle of everything I had ever hoped for and dreamed of and still felt that emptiness, I began to realize that it was not to be found in achievements, but that there was something bigger and it was found in God. When I gave my life to Christ, when I fully devoted my life to Christ, it's one thing to label yourself a Christian and identify with Christianity. It's one thing to say, Jesus, I want you to be my savior, meaning that when I die, I don't want to go to hell. But there's another thing altogether to say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. God, I want you to come and sit on the throne and my life, I give it to you as a living sacrifice. I want to be holy and acceptable to you, God. Where you go, I want to go. I remember I hit a point where I just felt like I had like a blindfold around my eyes and that Jesus was Lord. And you know how when you see those kings and they have those robes and then the robe is regal and has like that white fur around the end. I could just visualize myself hitting a place where I said, God, I just want to follow you. And I would just hold on to the robe and I have a blindfold on in this in this imaginative picture of myself and I'm just holding on to God saying wherever you go I will follow you that is where I found happiness Jesus is the only source somebody say Jesus is the only source for satisfaction and quenching and without him directing our happiness journey without us grabbing hold to him and saying Okay, I am going to abandon my plan. I'm going to abandon my thought process. I'm going to adopt what it is that you have for me. And I'm going to hold on to you. And I'm going to follow you wherever it is you lead me. Without him doing the directing, we will never be happy. This is the key. Whenever we come to a place where we are creating broken cisterns, we are searching for happiness in the wrong places. Come on, am I talking to anybody this morning? We must turn back. Somebody say, turn back. We must turn back to the Lord and let him lead us into happiness. He wants us to be happy. He wants somebody to say he wants us to be happy. But we've got to let him lead us into happiness. Come on somebody, put your blindfold on and just grab onto his robe and say, "God, I will go where you lead me. Where you go, I will follow. I promise as you follow God, you will discover a happiness in him." That you would never find on your own path. Do I have any witnesses this morning? Amen. Amen. I am a living witness. So what does this look like? How does Jesus lead us into happiness? All right. We're going to tackle that before we close today. Jesus defines happiness as being blessed. Somebody say Jesus defines happiness as being blessed blessed. We see this in Jesus' classic teaching called the Beatitudes. This section is the beginning part of one of Jesus' most famous teachings 
called the Sermon on the Mount. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Turn with me if you put Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 3 through 9. Are you there? Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 9. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I know I said verses one through nine, but I'm gonna keep going. This is getting good. Verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, verse 12, and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Many modern translations use the words, oh, how happy. At the start of every verse, it's the Greek word makarios. It is also commonly translated as blessed. The blessed person is the, is the happy person. Say that with me. The blessed person is the happy person. It has been said that these verses are called the be attitudes and not the do attitudes. And I like that. You like that too, don't you? I like that because it reminds us that happiness is not about what we do. Instead, it's about who we are in Jesus. Jesus leads us into the blessed life. So, as this series unfolds, we will be unpacking all the Beatitudes and doing some really cool stuff with tying them into the fruits of the spirits in Galatians chapter 5. But for now, it is really important for us to recognize how Jesus uniquely defines happiness and where it is found. He doesn't say what we expect. He says, happiness is found in places like humility, sadness, meekness, and mercy. Isn't that something? Happiness is found in places where we would never think to look. Humility. What's that all about? Why would he say that? Because according to Jesus... Happiness is found in unexpected places. It's found in surprising places. It's found in crazy places. And that's why 
We're calling this, and that's why we call this life with Jesus, with Jesus, the crazy happy life. Somebody say crazy happy life. When a person is crazy happy, happy, I can still talk. <laughs> Something extraordinary happens. That was a little bit of a tongue twister. I'm going to try that again. When a person is crazy happy, something extraordinary happens. Y'all type that. Don't try to say it. Just type it. The blessed person bears fruit. So what's so cool about this? What is so cool about this is bearing fruit is what God is all about. He desires for our lives to bear beautiful fruit. Listen to how Jesus put it in John chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Did you see that? The main characteristic of a disciple or learner of Jesus is to bear fruit. When our lives bear fruit of the crazy, happy life, we know God is glorified in our lives. So somebody get excited about that because as we grab a hold of this revelation, as we grab a hold of what God is trying to do in us and we begin to believe that God does want us to be happy and that not only does he want us to be happy, but he wants us to be fruitful. And when our lives bear fruit, of a crazy happy life, we glorify our Father. See, we defy those those thoughts that the enemy tried to place in my mind as a young person. That thought that, oh no, I don't want to get saved yet. I want to get saved when I'm old because, you know, I ain't going to have no fun if I get saved. That's a lie from the pit of hell. When we have a crazy happy life, we glorify our Father. They begin to look, the world begins to look at us and say, well, wait a minute, we might be missing something. They're having way more fun over there than I'm having out here. I'm getting beat up in the world. But it's something in God that we receive and we ought to walk in it. We ought to demonstrate it. We ought to glorify our Father with our lives. Can I get a witness this morning? And so that is the fruit of the Spirit that God wants us to bear. That's in Galatians. Somebody look with me there before we close. It says in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Come on, y'all know this. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Hmm. It is so fascinating that there are nine unique beatitudes and also nine fruits of the Spirit. Do you think that is by chance? I don't think so. We are... Asked, as we simply respond to Jesus, the Spirit of God brings an amazing harvest in our lives. Somebody say, God, bring a harvest in my life. Come on, bring a harvest in my life. Let me be fruitful. Let me demonstrate to the world the crazy happiness we have that is found in you. That harvest is full of fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. When this happens, 
our lives take on the beautiful qualities we desire and we find ourselves fulfilled, truly fulfilled and truly happy. When we realize that God wants this for us and stop thinking that it's beyond our reach, stop believing what some of the jaded people have told us and that the Lord has already shown us the way to happiness. Sometimes we're looking for a path, but we don't realize God has already laid the path out. God has already shown us, but we just got to trust him and believe him and we can begin the journey. Amen. What would our lives look like if we followed Jesus into the crazy happy life? How different would your experiences be? In the following weeks, we're going to learn more about the blessed life and the fruit that comes from it. This is the journey we are all on individually and as a church together. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be on this journey and I'm excited to be on the journey with you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you this morning. Whew, I thank you this morning for reviving in our spirit the beliefs that line up with your word. Thank you this morning, Father God, for beginning to empty our minds and our thoughts of the things that have been implanted into us by the world. God, we reunite ourselves to the word. God, we reunite ourselves to your promises. God, we reclaim Everything that your word says we can have. We are what your word says we are. We can receive what your word says we can receive. And we believe it by faith this morning. God, continue to grow our faith. You said it in your word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, allow us to continue to hear your word, to study your word, and to believe your word. And Father, allow us as we receive your word. To begin to manifest a crazy happy life. A life that bears fruit and a life that gives your name glory. A life that draws others to you and causes others to want to walk with you and to be saved. God, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our lives. And I count it as already done. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say. Amen.